0: This is Mari, and I'm your host here on Lavender Life Q Radio Show, all about queer women. Uh, As always, we have a great show planned for us. We have all our regular features, our Here's What's Happening, where we discuss queer women's issues that are currently making the headlines, and a topic of the day for us to discuss with all you wonderful callers. If we have time as a bonus feature, we uh, will have our Lavender 101 time, where you can teach me something you're doing in the world, links to cool queer things you're doing, like a blog or an art project. and I'll share it with all our Lavender Lady listeners and uh, of course we're going to be naming our Lavender Lady of the Week and giving you some fun facts about her Uh, and then uh, at the end of our show we'll be sharing in our Where Are the Women section, support group information and we'll let you know uh, also uh, if there's anything going on in your city please do send us information on what's going on in your city if you know of an event that's, uh, that's catering to LBT women, I want to know about it but today no guests so i'm 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 counting on your calls so before i read out to today's news i think i'll give you of course you're listening right now to lavender life with mari and my show is
1: you're tuned into lavender life with mari like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store
0: We're back, and you're listening to Mari on Q Radio. This is Lavender Life, and uh, we were just going to start our first feature. One more. We're going to start our What's Happening in the World feature. Here's what's happening. Hawaii is halfway to becoming the U.S.'s 15th state to pass same-sex marriage. It's already passed in the Senate, and it is hoped that it will then pass in committee meetings, and we'll see. Uh, it's it's uh, the Hawaii Senate is it's dominated by Democrats, with only one. Republican and generally Democrats they vote in favor so we're we're waiting to see what happens I'm very excited of course 15 it's going to be 15 then 16 then it'll be half the states half gay marriage it's very exciting in other news U.S. is uh, voting on a ban on LGBT discrimination in the workplace and it's gaining key Senate votes a vote to ban workplace discrimination based on sexual preference or gender identity, identity was held on Wednesday The passage of ENDA would be the most significant piece of LGBT rights legislation since Congress appealed the U.S. military's Don't Ask, Don't Tell ban on openly gay troops in 2010. It would be the first measure of its kind to advance to the floor in either house house of Congress. Twenty-nine out of the 50 states of the U.S. do not have legislation to protect LGBT employees, and uh, as a little side note, my state isn't one of them, and... You can be fired for being gay. You can be thrown out of your, your rented apartment for being gay. Um, it's really bad. Uh, in in uh, comparison news, in, since 2003, it's been illegal to fire someone on the basis of their sexual orientation in the UK. Uh, in other news, how is uh, the ranking of women, what are the best places and worst places to be a woman in the world? Uh, India came out uh, 101 in overall ranking. India was ranked very high, ninth in terms of political empowerment for women, but had the second lowest score, 135, for women's health and survival. It also ranked low in economic opportunity, 124, and educational attainment. Yemen received the lowest rank overall with girls being being forced to marry as young as seven with the rank of 136. So I'm glad that we're not in Yemen uh, and India. I think is changing a lot. I think we have uh, a ways to go, but uh, it's changing a lot. The top ten com- countries are all very cold. Uh, so if you want to live in them, I think you'll have to bundle up. Iceland, Finland, Norway, and Sweden topped the list. Uh, U.S. came in, I think, number twenty, and U.K. was number eighteen. No, no, I'm sorry. I U.S. came in like number twenty-five, I think. Canada was number twenty and And United Kingdom was 18. So that's some of the headlines for today. Um, Next, I think we're going to talk about... uh Domestic violence in the LGBT community, and uh, I was very interested to find some. There were actually in the U.S. right now is Domestic Violence Month, in addition to Coming Out Month uh, for the LGBT community. So I was looking through, you know, different articles that I found, and I found a lot of information actually on the LGBT community in terms of domestic violence. And this issue is one that will affect gay and bisexual men at a rate of two in five and will affect approximately 50%. That's right, I said 50 percent of the lesbian population, and that was really shocking to me. I was really quite, uh, quite disheartened to, to know that uh, so many of our relationships uh, come to that point. Uh, experts believe that domestic violence occurs in the LGBT community about with the same frequency and severity as in the heterosexual community. However, there is a difference in the number of victims who come forward to help, so I thought it would be a good subject to talk about today and kind of, you know, just let's see why is that happening. What can we do to prevent it? Uh, we definitely want to be safe. We don't want anyone to, to be in a situation where uh, they feel, uh, you know, threatened or, or they're being physically hurt or they're even being emotionally or psychologically hurt. Um, yeah, so by comparison, so we have some comparison. One in every four heterosexual women expect experiences domestic violence in her lifetime. And current research is placing the actual percentage uh, – from 25% to as high as 50% for LBT women and trans women are facing the highest chance of physical violence Um, so yes there's lots of things that uh, we want to talk about today about physical violence I'm going to wait until we come back after this break if you want to talk to me about what you think about domestic violence in the LBT community
1: Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store
0: Hello, hello. Back. This is Lavender Life with Mari, and you are listening to Lavender Life. We are talking about domestic violence among same-sex couples. Um, We've already mentioned it occurs about the about similar rates as domestic violence occurs in straight couples. Unfortunately, the difference really is that domestic violence victims in same-sex relationships are not receiving the help they need, and that's why I really thought it was important to talk about it today and kind of get it out in the open. Um, And let's say, what's what's happening? What's happening really is there's no legal recognition of same-sex relationships. Therefore, um, women, especially when we're talking about LBT relationships, that is lesbian, bisexual, and trans women's relationships, they are afraid to come forward. They are afraid that uh, the police are not going to understand, and they're going to say, well, you're just two women anyway. Like, what could she have possibly done? You could handle yourself. Um, Another thing that happens is that women are scared of being outed by their partner so they don't come forward they don't say anything and also there's a shortage of research resources that are available to victims of same-sex partner violence or abuse Uh, one out of four to one out of three same-sex relationships has experienced domestic violence so this is something that um, it's very possible that if you haven't uh, experienced this one of your friends that's a lesbian woman a bisexual woman a queer woman a trans woman has experienced this so we thought it was really important to you know start talking about it and uh, and make sure that we're getting the help that we need Um, what are we talking about when we say domestic violence we're talking about uh, violence that occurs when a partner or significant other attempts to physically or psychologically dominate another and it can take many forms Uh, it can take the form of physical violence which is hitting punching kicking biting etc it can be emotional abuse Uh, such as, uh... Uh, putting someone down constantly, humiliating them, embarrassing them, frightening them, threatening them. Uh, it can be isolating them, and I've seen this in uh, in different relationships. In fact, I was in a relationship that was very isolating. Uh, controlling contact with others, restricting their freedom, and it can also be financial control, fostering a dependency on someone, uh, controlling their money, their property rights. And finally, and this is very specific to LGBTQ, Couples or LBT couples, it can be uh, threatening to out you, and that is very scary if you're not out, as you uh, you well know who's listening, because I'm sure some of you are not out. Uh, and uh, I've I've actually had someone take my phone and say I'm going to call every single person in my phone, and they are all going to know that you are gay before the day is out. And uh, let me tell you, I mean it was it was a very uh, it was a very hard situation. There's lots of different uh different ideas around uh, domestic violence also. Um, Sometimes we think that it's not something that can happen to us. uh, And yet, when we look at the statistics of of, uh, domestic violence, it turns out that there is no race, there is no ethnicity, there is no community, no socioeconomic status that is not uh, a part of domestic violence that has not experienced domestic violence on some level. No one is exempt from this. Um, Physical and sexual abuse often co-occur Um, That's one thing that we do know. And abusers often have severe mental illnesses and were themselves abused as children. Maybe they were physically abused, and so then they come into a relationship and then they abuse others. There seems to be a pattern of abuse, and it it, it includes a vicious cycle of physical, emotional, and psychological mistreatment, leaving the victim with feelings of isolation, fear, and guilt. Um, Psychological abuse is actually the most common form of abuse and physical batterers often blackmail their their partners into silence so when we're talking about psychological abuse we'll talk about it when we get back i want to talk more about that a lot
1: like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store
0: Hello, hello, this is Mari and you're back. This is Q Radio, Radio In, and this is Lavender Life. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We're talking about abuse today, uh, domestic violence, uh, partner violence, psychological abuse, emotional abuse, and physical and sexual abuse. And we're trying to just delve a little deeper into what is, uh, what's happening in our LVT community, um, that is the lesbian, bisexual, and trans women's world. why did I choose this this topic? I, I like to talk about happy things, and I think that most of us, uh, we're, we're lucky to have good friends and uh, wonderful relationships. If we're in a relationship, if we're single, we're happy with that. We're happy, like, maybe playing the field a bit and, and looking at other people and, you know, and, and seeing who is going to be the right match for us, if, if that's what we want, if we want to be matched up with someone. Um, but we have these statistics that show that up to 50% of lesbian women have experienced domestic violence at some time at some point in their, their lives. And these these statistics were really shocking to me and I thought you know here we have a platform to talk about lots of things we can talk about the good things, but I think it's also really important um, to be realistic and and to really get out uh, the issues that we have in our community so that we can make them better so that's why we're talking about uh, domestic violence today and specifically we just after the break before the break rather we were talking about um, what what are the different kinds of violence uh, there's physical violence there's emotional violence there's uh, psychological violence and there's uh, sexual violence. So I thought that one one of the good things that we could do today is talk about some of the red flags of a battering personality. Um, maybe you're in a relationship and you're thinking, well, it's not that bad. It's, it's you know, there are some problems in my relationship, but they're not uh, the kind that uh, I need to really, you know, seek counseling for or anything else. Because what happens is psychological abuse is the most damaging to us as as human beings. And yet it's the one that we first Discount. We just don't take it seriously. They haven't hit me, so it's not really violence. It's kind of, you know, how we think about things. So I wanted to talk about some of the red flags of a battering personality. So one of them is jealousy. Um, an abuser will always say that jealousy is a sign of love, and jealousy really has nothing to do with love. It's a sign of possessiveness and a lack of trust. In a healthy relationship, um, partners are going to trust each other unless one of them has legitimately done something to break that trust. So just because they're, you know, being jealous, maybe, you know, they pull you away from one of your friends that really hadn't, I mean, you know, she had no bad intentions. She was just, you know, being friendly or maybe she gave you a hug and then, you know, this causes a whole big argument with uh, your, your new partner. This is uh, one of them. Another one is controlling behavior. At first, um, batterers will often say that this behavior is because they are concerned for your safety, um, you don't use your time well, you don't make good decisions, uh, they'll be angry if you're late coming back from the store or from an appointment, and they'll question you very closely about where you have been, who you talk to, etc. And as this behavior gets worse, they may not make, let you make any personal decisions, not about your house not about your clothing not about what church or what temple you go to and they may keep all of the money also and may make you even they may even go so far as to make you ask permission to leave the house. Um, Domestic violence also occurs when there is very quick involvement. Um, They might uh, take you on kind of a whirlwind romance and uh, make claims like you're the only person I could ever talk to and I've never felt loved like this by anyone which also could just be the the passion of a new relationship so we're talking you know we're talking about some red flags that maybe will relate to a, a domestic violence situation but maybe are, are not related so make sure that uh, we make this distinction because we don't want anyone to uh, think that you know that that passion at the new new beginning of a relationship is bad however uh, a very quick involvement when you don't know someone and pressure to commit in such a way that later you may feel very guilty about if you want 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 to slow down or break up, this will be very uh, difficult for you. And if you're newly out, um, be careful because abusers often target those that they know are new to the LGBT community because it's a time when you're already vulnerable and you don't have that much support system yet. Um, Unrealistic expectations is another one Uh, I think we all understand what that means Unrealistic expectations Things that you could never meet Challenges that are just out of of, uh, bounds really All right, we're going to take a short break
1: Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app From the Google Play Store Hello, we're back
0: This is Mari and you're listening to Lavender Life and I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We're talking about dom- domestic violence and specifically among the LBT community, that is the lesbian, bisexual, and trans women's community. Um, we were going over some of the signs of a batterer, and I'm going to keep with that. I think it's really important to kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, show, show what are the signs. Uh, isolation. Isolation um, tries to cut off the partner from all resources. If you have same-sex friends, uh, they might call you, you know, really nasty names, uh, accuse you of cheating. If you're close to family, then you're tied to their apron strings. Uh, they often accuse people who are supportive of causing trouble and may restrict you from talking to them. Uh, gradually, they, gradually they isolate you from all of your friends, and uh, this causes a lot of different kinds of problems. Um, if there's problems in the relationship and you haven't talked to, say, your best friend in, you know, six months, you're not going to feel that comfortable possibly calling her up and telling her um, very intimate and very private things about what's happening with you. Uh, so this is really important. And we've, we've talked about isolation before, specifically about uh, queer women's relationships. We tend to, you know, kind of... Uh, Uh, do a a symbiosis kind of bonding at the beginning of a relationship where we're just kind of always with that person and they're always with us and if you see the one, you see the other. Um, And that's fine at the beginning in that new passionate part of your relationship if it doesn't go on too long and it's not uh, leading to other problems in your life. But isolation, that's another uh, one of the warning signs to look out for. Blaming others for their own feelings or their own problems. For instance, uh, if your partner is chronically unemployed and someone is always doing them wrong or they're out to get them or they just can't find the perfect job because there's, there's no good jobs out there. Um, making mistakes and then blaming you for upsetting them because they can't concentrate. They will tell you that you are at fault for almost anything that goes wrong. Uh, similarly, blaming you for feelings, abusive people might say something like, "You made me mad," or "I can't help being angry when you're around." Um, although actually, they're making the decision to uh, to feel a certain way or think a certain way. Um, they're manipulating you when you when they say to you, "You made me mad," and it's your fault that I'm mad. Uh, abusers often see themselves as the true victim in the relationship and they don't take a lot of responsibility for their own feelings or behaviors um, hypersensitivity easily insulted taking uh, the slightest offense uh and you know turning it into a huge personal at- attack my mother and my grandmother always called this uh you know making a molehill uh into a mountain um, so, yes, they'll rant and rave about the injustice of things that are really just a part of living, such as, you know, getting up for work or getting a traffic ticket or being asked to help with chores around the house. Um, this is another big one, cruelty to animals or children. Uh, this is a person who will punish animals very uh, brutally or seems insensitive to them or or neglects uh, a pet in the house and they may expect children to do things that are beyond their capability Um, it might not be a physical kind of abuse you know it might be teasing children or younger brothers and sisters until they cry or uh, being very critical of other people's children or any children that you bring into the relationship and if you you are a queer woman that is a mother out there um, please, make sure that whoever you bring into your children's life is someone that is worth being there, because children are so precious, and you know you don't want to see the same uh, patterns. Uh, played out in your children 's life that are possibly happening to you you just don't want them to go through that um, so it's really really important um, about sixty people who sixty percent of the people who beat their partner also beat their children so that kind of gives you an indication about you know if they're if they 're berating their partner and sex, psycholo- psychologically abusing their partner they're probably also going to psychologically abuse the children around them um, I think let's see the last one probably is verbal abuse. Um, saying things that are meant to be cruel, uh, degrading you, cursing you, belittling you. Um, For instance, if you're a bisexual woman, they might say that you're not a real lesbian um, or you've been in a heterosexual relationship before. They might say that you're not a real lesbian and that, you know, really question uh, your commitment to the cause. If you're not out, they may threaten to tell your family members or your employer Um, telling you that you're stupid or unable to function without them. Um, They might even wake you up to verbally abuse you, it it, it can get to that level uh, or not let you go to sleep which in itself is a form of abuse. Um, If you find that they have a a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of personality whereas wherein they are really friendly and really really nice one minute and then the next minute it's like bam they just snap. Um, Many victims can be confused by this and these sudden changes in mood definitely uh, it, it may indicate or I wouldn't say definitely, but it really may indicate a special mental problem. um being nice one minute and then just kind of exploding the next. Explosiveness and moodiness are typical of people who uh, who beat their partners or are, are verbally abusive. so, those are some of the signs that I have. If you'd like a list of signs, if you'd like this information, I can send you uh, different uh, sites to go to that talks about LGBT uh, uh, domestic violence. And uh, I, I want to stay on this subject at least uh, a little longer and, and really talk about some of the myths that are involved in domestic violence because I think there's lots of myths around it
1: also. Like this cast Tune in for more with the SochCast app from the Google Play Store.
0: Hello, this is Mari and we're back. This is Lavender Live. I'm still just so excited that we have a show to talk about. Queer Women's Issues, and uh, today we're talking about domestic violence in same-sex relationships. We've gone over some of the signs of a battering uh, personality. Uh, We've talked about some of the similarities between uh, domestic violence in same-sex relationships and heterosexual relationships. And now I want to talk a little bit about how domestic violence in same-sex relationships can be distinctive and different in many ways from domestic violence in heterosexual relationships. One of the ways I think the probably the main way that it's different is that uh, in lesbian queer women's relationships batterers often will threaten outing of their victims to work colleagues, to family, to friends. And this threat can be very, it can seem to be very amplified by the sense of extreme isolation among gay and lesbian victims because some of them are still closeted from friends and family and therefore are able to access a lot less civil rights protections. Um, So I think that that's probably the most important uh, thing that I, I really uh, absorbed when I was doing this, the, the research for this show, um, until we really have our all of our rights, all of our civil rights, and we feel like we are not just tolerated but accepted um, inside mainstream society, I think that it's it's very easy for someone who is an abuser to take advantage of that situation and kind of use it as a loophole against us, even in same-sex relationships, and maybe especially in same-sex relationships. Uh, when I lived in uh, the Persian Gulf, I've heard, I heard of women who wanted out of a relationship, um, you know, had had finished the relationship, decided it was not for them, had separated and gone their own ways, and then their ex had called them and said you know if you don't meet me right now and if you don't give me what I want whatever it was that they wanted uh you know I'm going to call your your work and I'm going to call the police also because there it was illegal to be uh to be in a same-sex relationship so that is probably the main way I think that uh Uh, It's different when we're talking about uh, the kind of abuse, uh, the kind of uh, style it takes on. Um, Also, lesbians are much more reluctant to report abuse. I was looking at one study in UK and they said that uh, on record there was some like 10 uh, queer women who had gone on record saying that they had been abused since like 1998. Even though they know it's happening, uh, they know for sure that women are getting abused, but they will not actually go and file charges against their partners. Um, Also, they're reluctant to help, to seek help rather, out of a fear of showing a lack of solidarity among the gay and lesbian uh, community, for instance, you know, maybe they um, they have a heightened fear that society will perceive a same-sex relationship as inherently dysfunctional. So now if they have to go and talk to their mother or they have to go and talk to... A counselor, or they have to talk to someone, you know, in the police force, and tell them, you know, this relationship is not working. I don't feel safe. They're going to feel like, you know, they've they've wronged the community in some way. And um, as a as a woman who has been through domestic uh, violence myself, I'm I'm definitely in the 50% that has experienced uh, domestic violence. Though I'm I'm happy to say I don't now. Um, that's really true. I mean, we we I felt very uh, clear about. Um, that I didn't want anyone to tell me that it was because I was with a woman, that I was being abused, uh, and if I'd just be with a man, then this wouldn't happen, because I, I knew very clearly that it could happen just as easily with a man. So uh, another uh, thing that happens, the the fourth thing, the fourth and final thing I want to talk about that's different is that uh, lesbians and, and gays are more likely to fight back than heterosexual women. So what this means is law enforcement might come to the house, for instance, there's a big fight and it's mutual, and uh, they might overlook uh, the larger context of domestic violence altogether and the history of power and control in the relationship and say, okay, this is two women fighting, and we're not really going to get involved because we can't tell who's right and who's wrong, and they just kind of discount the whole thing. Um, so I'm glad that uh, you know uh, LBT women are are more likely to fight back, but this somehow it works uh, against us in some ways. When we get back, I'm going to talk about some myths of domestic violence. Um, the first one <laughs> is that lesbian relationships cannot have domestic violence because they're both women. I think we've discounted that today. Uh, 50 up to 50%, somewhere between 30 and 50% of lesbian, bisexual, and trans women will experience domestic violence at some point in their lives and in some relationship so we're coming on the top of the hour and uh, i'm excited to be coming on the top of the hour it's always a pleasure to be with you
1: like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store
0: Hello, we're back. This is Lavender Life, and you're listening to me, Mari. We're talking about domestic violence and specific to LGBT relationships, that is lesbian, bisexual, and trans women's relationships. Um, Now let's talk about some of the myths of domestic violence for uh, lesbians, bisexual, and trans women. Number one is lesbian relationships can't have domestic violence because they are both women. This is absolutely false. Uh, There are many, many instances that I've seen in the community where there is an abuser and there is someone being abused. um, And statistics bear it out. It's 30 to 50 percent of uh, same-sex Female relationships have experienced uh, not the the relationship but women have experienced at least one uh, uh, instance of domestic violence. Uh, only the butch partner can be abusive. You can see that we've uh, we 've added some new liners we have butch we have fem we have andro um, and yeah, and so the butch partner being maybe the the uh, stereotypically more masculine one that looks stronger, uh, maybe they would be seen as the aggressor uh, in in a relationship. I know uh, one woman I was talking to her, and and we were sharing experiences, and she said that, uh, you know, she's she's very tall, she's uh, she she presents as very butch, and uh, she's quite big, and she looks really strong. And she was telling me about a relationship that she'd had in the past with a with a little tiny girlfriend who was some five foot, uh, you know, and that girlfriend had uh, slapped her and hit her and and been very verbally abusive. and she you know, and she took it because she was so much bigger than the than than her partner. Um and she took it for a long time. So that's uh, something else to uh, consider when you're looking at these myths. Uh, mutually abusive and fighting if both partners of the same sex. It, may be, it must be both of them are hitting each other. Um, that's usually not the case. There, there may be uh, a time when you defend yourself and you stand up. Uh, to the abusing partner, but generally in um, physically abusive relationships, one is the aggressor more. Um, uh, another myth, physically smaller partner cannot abuse a larger partner. Uh, totally untrue. Um, it's, it's just untrue. I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, Sato and masochism is abuse and domestic violence. That's not quite the same thing. Um, Maybe another show will talk about uh, S&M and and how it is different from domestic abuse and violence. Uh, Another myth is drugs and alcohol are to blame for the violence if she only attacks when under the influence. Often they blame it on drugs and alcohol, but you'll find that even a sober abuser will in the end abuse. Uh, Also, uh, there is no place for lesbian victims of domestic violence to get help. There is help available. It is however limited. So that's kind of a myth that, uh, unfortunately, it has an element of truth in it. into it. Uh, sometimes uh, why we don't get help is because we don't see the resources available or we don't know about the resources. Do reach out if you are a victim of domestic abu- abuse. I know of different support communities in every single city in India. So the next thing really to talk about is how can you help someone if you know that they are the victim of partner violence or you suspect that they are a victim of partner violence. Uh, The first thing that you need to do is let her know that she can call on you for help and really mean it when you say it, of course. Um, Help her develop a safety plan concerning how she will get out if she needs to leave quickly, including having a bag prepared and easily accessible with essential documents that would include money identification and anything else that might be needed and uh, arranging a place to stay in an emergency. And also, and finally, I, I really want to stress this. Don't give up on her. Don't criticize her and don't turn her away because she doesn't leave right away. It may take her time to process. It may take her time to realize that she needs out of this relationship and she just might be too scared to get out of this relationship. But if you give her the time and you're patient with her and, uh, talk to her. You might be her only chance. I had uh, a lot of people that helped me get out of the abusive relationship that I was in, and it really, really helped for them to talk to me and and just kind of say, you know, I'm here for you. I will help you make a plan when you are ready to make a plan. Uh, until you're ready, you know, just know that I'm here for you. Uh, that's That's one of those things that when we were talking about isolation before, Um, that most women lack and if they don't have anyone that they can speak to about you know these things these very very painful things to talk about no one wants to talk about the downside of life it's much easier to talk about the upside of life Um, so as long as they have some kind of support I've I've found that a lot of women have gotten out of the situation Um, so that's uh, what I have to say about domestic violence I would love to hear what you have to say we're going to take another break
1: Like this SochCast? Tune in for more with the SochCast app from the Google Play Store.
0: Hello, this is Mari and you're back listening to Lavender Life. We've already gotten through our first hour and we're into our second hour. It's 5.18. I hope you've enjoyed our little talk about uh, domestic violence. I hope you learned something new. I learned a lot. When I was looking at the different things that I wanted to talk about and uh, that I definitely wanted to include. All right. So we've talked about domestic violence. I've given you our Here's What's Happening, our headline section. And uh, now we need to talk about our Lavender Lady of the Week. Every week we plan to feature one special queer woman or a woman who does work in the LGBT community that's of note. And this week we're going to talk about Anjali Gopalan. Anjali Gopalan is originally from, uh, Ta- uh, from Tamil Nadu, and she's lived uh, all over the world. She's lived in the U.S., she's lived uh, in India, she's lived, I think, so, in Europe also. And she founded, uh, she's the founder and executive director of the NAS Foundation Trust, which is an NGO dedicated to fight against the HIV and AIDS epidemic in India, mainly focused on women and children. Uh, She began doing work on issues related to HIV and AIDS and marginalized communities in the United States. She worked with uh, Southeast Asia communities in the United States uh, for migrant workers who lacked valid documents. And later she started the NAS Foundation that changed the lives of LGBT and women's and children's lives, uh, those who live with HIV-positive findings. She provides direct services, uh, th- or through the foundation, she provides uh, direct services for HIV, AIDS, and the marginalization issues and circumstances led her to live and care a- for HIV-affected, undocumented, migrant labor, school children, and many different South Asian communities. The NAS Foundation is uh, in Delhi, and in 1994, when she returned to India, she established Delhi's first HIV clinic. Um, Tremendous work this woman has done. I, I really am. I, I'm so, I'm so uh, proud to, to share with you these different uh, women's lives and the things that they've done to touch other people. She was awarded the Commonwealth Award in 2001 for her work with marginalized communities. Um, she was also uh, honored as a woman achiever by the Ministry of Women and Child Development in 2007. In 2012, she inaugurated Alan Turing Rainbow Festival, and flagged off the Asia First Gender Queer Pride Parade as part of Turing Rainbows Festival organized by Gopi Shankar of Shrishti Madurai. This was the first gay pride parade attended by Anthony. And uh, on the 25th of October 2013, she was awarded the Chevalier De, de la Legion d'honneur which is knight in the order of legions of honor which is the highest award from the Fran- from France and it it was presented to her by Najat uh, Vallaud, the minister of women's rights for France she is the first Tamil woman to be awarded the Legion of Honor award and she is only the fifth Indian woman to ever get such a high honor so hats off to Anjali Gopalan thank you for all you do I, I'm just I was overwhelmed and overcome when I read her story the first time she just she, she talks so openly and so warmly about uh, you know the LGBT community and uh, people that are HIV and AIDS positive and I'm just thankful that we have a lavender lady of the week like her
1: like this Sochcast Tune in for more with the SochCast app from the Google Play Store.
0: Hello, we're back. This is Lavender Life, and you're listening to me, Marion Let me know what you, you're thinking about. Let me know your stories. Uh, we want to hear all about all of those things. All right, so we have had our Lavender Lady of the Week, and now we're going to go into our Where Are the Women where are the women section? Where are the women is where we talk to you about a support group um, somewhere in India that's doing good things for LGBT or LBT community. And as we talked about Anjali Gopalan today, um, we're definitely going to talk about her NAS Foundation that she trust that she fu- uh, uh, founded. Um, NAS Foundation Trust was founded in New Delhi and is a an NGO that works on HIV, AIDS, and sexual health since 1994. That makes it one of the oldest in India, folks. Through the years, NAS India has evolved and implemented a holistic approach to combat HIV, focusing on prevention as well as treatment. Uh, Their focus is on reaching out to marginalized populations that are infected and affected by HIV. They also aim to sensitize the community around them to the prevalence of HIV, as well as highlight issues related to sexuality and sexual health. They provide provide quality care and support to people living with HIV. They believe in providing unbiased factual information on sexual health and HIV to the public. And they believe in a rights-based approach. If you'd like to get in touch with them, you're in Delhi, or you'd like to help them with the work that they do, the email to send send to, the address is naz or I probably should say N-A-Z, but I'm an American, so I'm going to go with my Z, at NazIndia, that's N-A-Z, India, And the telephone to call is nine one 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 two six nine one zero four nine nine. 2691 499 Again, that number is nine one 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 two six nine one zero four nine nine. 2691 499 um, do get in touch with them if you're in Delhi. They're doing wonderful things, and we are so lucky to have organizations like that uh, in India. Another number that you can call is nine one double one four one three five two zero four two. Again, that number is double one four one three five two zero oh four two. And there's one third number that you can call. That's double one four zero seven. 5761. That number is 407 931 That is the NAS Foundation that we're talking about, NAS Foundation Trust. Uh, it's in New Delhi, and they've been working on HIV and AIDS and sexual health since 1994. Now, you might say, why is Mari talking about HIV and AIDS to a bunch of lesbian women? Well, because, I'm, first of all, I'm not just talking to lesbian women, though that is the focus of our show. Lesbian, bisexual, and trans women are the focus. Um, but um, we do have women that are bisexual or trans-oriented, and they are uh, having sex with men from time to time, at least. So this is something that I want to talk to you about. Just because you're in a lesbian relationship does not mean uh, that you cannot get AIDS. You can definitely get AIDS. Uh, there's lots of sexually, sexually transmitted diseases that you can get. And we're going to actually do a show on sexually transmitted diseases and the LBT community coming up really soon. So I hope you enjoy that show, but it's not going to be today. Also, we're going to talk about uh, what's happening around your neighborhood, our local Lavender. If you have an interesting queer event happening in your city that you'd like to tell us about, please don't hesitate to send me the information so we can get it out to all our Q Radio listeners. All right. All right.
1: Like this SochCast? Tune in for more with the SochCast app from the Google Play Store.
0: Hello, we're back. Mari, and you're listening to Lavender Life. And uh, we were just talking about our local lavender. So local lavender. I'm enjoying being here with you. Uh, We talked about domestic violence today. We talked about uh, things that were happening in the world. We talked about uh, our lavender lady, Angelique Gopalan, and her work with the NAS Foundation Trust. So many things we've talked about. And we have a little bit more time, a little bit more time that I'm going to be with you. Uh, We've talking about all the things that are happening in the city And we were talking about what happened uh, with Angelique Gopalan and how she won the the Chevalier Award, which is apparently their highest honor in France. And only five Indian women have ever won it. Actually, she is the fifth. And the first Tamilian woman. So, like, hats off to Angelique Gopalan for being our Lavender Lady of the Week. Um, We talked about... why it's important I, – I, actually, I didn't talk about this, so I want to talk about this a little bit. Why is it important for us to have a Lavender Lady of the Week? Like, why is that one of the features that – I think that's my favorite feature, by the way. Why? because um historically LGBT people have often hidden themselves from society for their own safety, and also they've frequently been ignored by others for their achievements and contributions and I think we should rectify that we should we should celebrate the lives and achievements of LBT people that have been hidden um, and and not uh, not allow others to distort or or uh, stereotype our reality and the reality of their lives. And it's been from, you know, uh, I mean, from Gloria Stein onwards, you know. So I think uh, this, this is why it's an important feature to me. That's why I'm so thankful for Angelique Gopalin and all the other women that I've featured. And I hope you're enjoying that. If there's someone that you think I should... And I will uh, try to work them into my, my very uh, crowded lineup because I, I think I have left Lavender Ladies of the Week for like the next six weeks. So... Um, yeah, that's about it. I think, uh, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know. Else. I drew a complete blank.
1: Like this, Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store.
0: You know, when we talk about these serious things, you know, it's kind of depressing a little bit because it's not, uh, uh, it's not the easiest of topics to talk about, so I hope you uh, you've stayed with me and you've you've understood the uh, the uh, spirit in which uh, I decided to do a show on domestic violence. I want to see us all in healthy relationships, or uh, being healthy by ourselves. I think it's uh, it's much better to be happy by yourself than to be unhappy in a relationship if the relationship's not good. So. Um, yeah, that's all that's happening, uh, that uh in Bangalore, at least, uh in, in our world, if uh, if you can. I want you to all to enjoy your long weekend
1: and uh have, you know, a wonderful wonderful weekend.